Hello and welcome to the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Joe. Hi, hello. Before we dive into today's episode, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. We just want to hear from you. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. And then, of course, if you want to email us, talk to us about recent episodes, or give us suggestions of things you'd like to see in the future, you can send an email to professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. With that, today is the day, the day of the month where we talk about the books we're excited for in the coming months. I'm going to say it correctly this time. September book picks. Since it's September book picks, that means Emma and Jill are here with me and we're, we're going to go for it. Hello. Hello. Let's do this thing. <laughs> September. I can't believe it. That's stressing me out a little bit, but I think I say that every month. It's fall, y'all. It's fall, y'all. I, while I'm in my recording studio in my basement, I think I might just start to unpack the, uh, the Halloween decor. It might be that time. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Emma's like, give it another two weeks. Jill's like, why haven't you already done it? <laughs> uh, which is maybe a nice balance. You like then find a happy medium of what's appropriate. I'm just, and admittedly, I'm, I like fall, but I'm not big on like fall decor. That's fair. Because I'm, That's I'm fair. not, I'm not put together enough to have seasonal decor. Uh, that's fair okay see I have fall Halloween and then fall transition to Thanksgiving decor because like this is the time of year that are all my favorite colors and just everything Mm. blends so nicely especially with like the palette of my home Uh, but uh, I love I love an opportunity to decorate and I've got all those different holiday themed Barbies that just come out for their month to shine there you go there you go (laughs) so my decorating habits aside who wants to go first me. All right. Cause okay. So admittedly, this title is a little bit hard to say without sounding like a different word. And I think that's on purpose. So I'm going to very carefully articulate that my first pick for September is Folk Around and Find Out by Penny Reed. This is book two of her good folk series. <laughs> like I can't speak English when I have to pronounce that. So if you have heard me talk on the podcast before at any point, you may or may not know that I am a big fan of Penny Reed and her romance series. We return to Green Valley, Tennessee with this series, which is the setting of my all-time favorite Winston Brothers. So this is set in that same universe. This story follows Hank Weller. He is rich and unbothered. In Tennessee, he leaves a lot of the do-gooding to his best friend, Bo Winston. Shout out once again to the Winston Brothers series. Um, Hank runs the strip club in town called the Pink Pony, and he's not really bothered in being a good guy when Charlotte Mitchell comes around asking for a job, especially because these two have a history. So a decade ago, Hank offered to take Charlotte to the junior prom. She was ecstatic. She really liked him back in the day. And then he stood her up and they haven't talked in a decade. So this time Charlotte is not taking no for an answer. And she's going to school Hank on what it means to be a decent human. So I love these type of romances where we've got like maybe a little bit of a second chance. We've got some 
I wouldn't say enemies to lovers vibes, but there's definitely tension. There's some angst here. They both have things at stake. And of course, there's more to each of them than meets the eye. So this book is out September 13th. That was folk around and find out by Penny Reed. (laughs) We love a punny title. We really do. Yeah, we do. Can't go wrong. So my first pick is The Book Haters Book Club by Gretchen Anthony. A little bit of humor to start us off. This one comes out September 13th. All it takes is the right book to turn a book hater into a book lover. That was what Elliot, the the beloved co-owner of Over the Rainbow Bookshop, believed before his untimely passing. He always had the perfect book suggestion for the self-proclaimed book hater. Now his grief-ridden business partner, Irma, has agreed to sell the cozy Over the Rainbow to condo developers. But others won't give up the bookshop without a fight. When Irma breaks the news to her daughters, Bree and Lainey, and Elliot's romantic partner, Tom, they are aghast. Over the Rainbow has been Bree and Lainey's sanctuary since childhood, and Tom would do anything to preserve Elliot's legacy. Together, they conspire to save the bookshop, even if it takes some snooping, gossip, and minor sabotage. Filled with humor, family hijinks, and actual reading recommendations, the Book Haters Book Club is the ideal feel-good read. It's a love letter to everyday heroes, those booksellers and librarians dedicated to putting the right books in the right hands every day. And that is the Book Haters Book Club by Granger and Anthony. That sounds so cute. I love a bookshop we love a book within a book we love a bookshop we do we really it's so good (laughs) so good and it sounds like so much fun i'm also excited to see what books gretchen anthony was recommending while writing oh for sure yeah um my next one not feel good is um the The weight of blood by tiffany d jackson y'all i love tiffany d jackson's books and i am so excited for this okay So when Springfield residents, at least ones still alive, are questioned about what happened on prom night, they all have the same explanation. Maddie did it. An outcast at her small town, Georgia high school, Madison Washington has always been a teasing target for bullies. And she's dealt with it because she has more pressing problems to manage. Until the morning, a surprise rainstorm reveals her most closely kept secret. Maddie is biracial. She has been passing for white her entire life at the behest of her fanatical white father, Thomas Washington. After a viral bullying video pulls back the curtain on Springfield High's racist roots, student leaders come up with a plan to change their image. Host the school's first integrated prom as a show of unity. The popular white class president convinces her black superstar quarterback boyfriend to ask Maddie to be his date, leaving Maddie wondering if it's possible to have a normal life. But some of her classmates aren't done with her just yet. And what they don't know is that Maddie still has another secret, one that will cost them all their lives. All right, now look, I don't know the inception of this story idea, but I'm getting very strong Carrie vibes and I am here for it. I am here for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I almost interrupted you at the very beginning to be like, Ooh, okay, is this Carrie? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this feels like Carrie at an integrated prom dealing with a biracial t- teenager in like Georgia and so let's do it I love her book Tiffany G. Jackson I love her books they're so good they're so good love everything about what is happening with this book and the cover is so good and creepy 
And that is the other thing that makes me think this is very strong Carrie vibes as well, because oh, you see, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like the- Madison. Um, she's got like cover. She's got a prom sash. There's a crown. Like I, I definitely feel, and I feel like if I go to Tiffany's website or her social media, it will be, she'll probably be talking about it. Um, but I had not, I didn't, I was not aware that this was coming out. So I'm very excited. Good fall very, book too, like fall vibes. Yes, very carry, very fall, very fun. And the tagline, I'm just going to shout out the tagline on the cover because it's so good. It says, uneasy lies the head that wears the tiara. I love it. I love that so much. I, that is not a segue at all for my, well, actually my next pick is a little creepy. Um, I don't know what's going on with me this month, but these, my picks are a little bit of a grab bag. So my next book is Angelica Frankenstein makes her match by Sally Thorne. This comes out September 6th. This is from the author of the hating game. So if you are a fan of the hating game or Sally Thorne, this may be for you, but this is like a spooky season twist on Frankenstein, but with romance. So we've got a little bit of everything for you. If you're in the mood for romance, historical fiction, spooky vibes, as we head into fall, this story follows Angelica, who is the sister to Victor. And she sees her brother's experiment and wonders if she might come up with her own to solve her biggest problem, which is that she hasn't met her love match yet. So her whole family is filled with successful love matches, and she does not want to be the only exception to the rule. So she sets off to her lab, hoping for an instant connection with her resurrected creation, Will. Only he's a little bit too consumed with figuring out what the heck happened to him and who he is to really care that much about her and falling in love. Enter another suitor who's along for the ride to help their quest. And Angelica sort of wonders if she's maybe made things extra complicated here. Who is she meant to be with? Can you mess with fate? Is love bigger than science? This is, this looks like so much fun for fall. So that is Angelica Frankenstein makes her match by Sally Thorne. Again, that is out September 6th. Gotta love it. Gotta love that she says, anything you can do, I can do better. Yes. And once more, the cover of this is pretty cool as well. So my next pick, also unrelated, is On the Rooftop by Margaret Wilkerson Sexton. This is out September 6th. It's a historical fiction title. At home, they are just sisters, but on stage, they are the salvations. Ruth, Esther, and Chloe have been singing and dancing in harmony since they could speak. Thanks to the rigorous direction of their mother, Vivian, they've become a bonafide girl group whose shows are the talk of the jazz era Fillmore. Now Vivian has scored a once in a lifetime offer from a talent manager who promises to catapult the sensations into the national spotlight. Vivian knows this is the big break she's been praying for, but sometimes between the hours of rehearsal on their rooftop and the weekly gigs at the Champagne Supper Club, the girls have become women, women with dreams that their mother cannot imagine. The neighborhood is changing too. All around the Fillmore, white men in suits are approaching black property owners with offers. One sister finds herself called to fight back. One falls into the comfort of an old relationship. Another yearns to make her own voice heard. 
and Vivian, who has always maintained control, will have to confront the parts of her life that threaten to splinter, the community, the salvations, and even her family. So that is On the Rooftop by Margaret Wilkerson Sexton out September 6th. That sounds so good. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm I'm really excited for this one. It's it's got some some good vibes. For sure. Um, my next one is Because I Could Not Stop for Death by Amanda Flower. Okay. So y'all. Um, Amanda Flower is a cozy mystery writer. Love her. She is now writing Emily Dickinson murder mysteries, featuring Emily Dickinson, which just is delightful. So <laughs> so um this first one is about Willa Noble, um, and she is uh, the housemaid of Emily Dickinson. And Willa's beloved brother, Henry, is killed in a tragic accident at the town stables. With no other family and nowhere else to turn, Willa tells Emily about her brother's death and why she believes it was no accident. Willa is convinced it was murder. Henry had been very secretive of late, only hinting to Willa that he'd found a way to earn money to take care of them both. Viewing it first as a puzzle to piece together, Emily offers help, only to realize that she and Willa are caught in a deadly game of cat and mouse that reveals corruption in Amherst that is generations deep. Some very high power people will stop at nothing to keep their profitable secrets, even if that means forever silencing Willa and her new mistress. So again, Emily Dickinson, Cozy Mystery. Like, sold. Uh, right? I know. I thought that, that was all. <laughs> that's all you need. Heard the title, and then to have that followed up with. Emily Dickinson, Cozy Mysteries. Like, well, that's what I'm I'm saying. Like, I I hope every single book has like some fun Emily Dickinson line as a title, which I'm assuming it will. I'm so excited for, yeah, so good. And I love Amanda Flower. What a great new series. Right? I know. So good. I can't wait. And because I am me, I do think the cover is nice too, (laughs) which I mean, important. Important. All of the covers for the ones I have picked this month are excellent. So just as a heads up, including my next pick, the cover is particularly stunning. The Ballad of Never After by Stephanie Garber. This book is out September 13th. This is the sequel in the Once Upon a Broken Heart series. This is a TikTok favorite, a bookstagram favorite, young adult fantasy I'm always hesitant to give too much away for the plot of sequels in case you are interested in reading the series and haven't read it yet. But all I'll say for this one is that there's betrayal. There are tenuous partnerships. There's an even bigger and badder curse. There's romance. The characters you may have fallen in love with in book one, Evangeline Fox and the Prince of Hearts are back with new magic and new motives for book two. So keep an eye out for The Ballad of Never After by Stephanie Garber on September 13th. I know I cannot wait for this book to come out. That's all. (laughs) I was going to say more, but that's it. I'm excited. Since it's a sequel, um, do you have any like notes on the series as a whole for those of us who might not know it? I can tell you a little bit about the first book, if you're curious, just to set the stage for what you might find in book two. So in the first book, you meet Evangeline Fox. She is a true romantic, always believes that she'll find true love and she'll find a happy um, ending with that person until she sort of comes to the knowledge that 
her true love or the love of her life is set to marry somebody else. So desperate to stop that wedding and get her true love back, she strikes a deal with the charismatic and wicked Prince of Hearts. So you might recognize some of these elements from our favorite sort of fantasy tropes, but she makes a deal with the the Prince of Hearts. He has motives. She has motives. We'll see where that gets them. So, okay. So like a fun fantasy romance romp. Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. So this, I mean, and Stephanie Garber is a big fan favorite. I know from why a fantasy, she wrote Caravelle and all of that series. And I think that those things that people found in the Caravelle series are very much present in once upon a broken heart, if not more. And I know that there are tons of special editions of this book as well. So. So stay tuned for Emma buying eight copies of the same book. Yeah. So far I've only <laughs> pre-ordered one. <laughs> That's okay. But yes, this has a, a gorgeous cover and I think I put it on hold through my library ages ago. So I'm eager to, to see if that hold is fulfilled soon once it comes out. So Fingers crossed. yes. That was um, Ballad of Never After by Stephanie Garber. Yay. So this is where I am going to transition into spooky season. Uh, the rest of my picks are kind of like uh, spooky, thrillery, adjacent, whatever. Uh, and this first one, I wanted to throw out a juvenile title. I love to sneak juvenile works into my regular reading circuit, circuit just to kind of like, I don't know, palette cleanse. Uh, because I find that a lot of the juvenile writers today are creating the same amazing quality you expect in any of the other titles you read just without a lot of, like, honestly, I read a ton of juvenile fiction because it's so much fun. So this first one is uh, Ghost Light by Kenneth Oppel. It's out September 6th, Juvenile Suspense. Gabe's summer job scaring tourists with ghost stories turns terrifyingly real when he accidentally summons the spirit of a dead girl and must join forces with her to protect the world of the living. The story of the tragic death of 16-year-old Rebecca Strand and her lighthouse keeper father is just an elaborate tale Gabe tells tourists for his summer job on the Toronto island, or so he thought. When his ghost tours awaken Rebecca's spirit, Gabe is drawn into the world far darker than any ghost story he's ever heard. Rebecca reveals that she and her father were connected to the Order, a secret society devoted to protecting the world from the wakeful and wicked dead, malevolent spirits like Viker, the ghost responsible for their deaths. But now the order has disappeared and Viker is growing even stronger and he'll stop at nothing to wreak chaos and destruction on the living. Gabe and his friends, both living and dead, must find a way to stop Viker before they all become lost souls. So that's Ghostlight, Kenneth Oppel, out September 6th. Uh, yes, please. Right? And the cover on this one is super fun. Like, <laughs> great color composition, draws your eyes right in. Ghosts. <laughs> the order. The like... order. You had me at the order. Uh-huh. I'm like and a ghost this is... order. Right. An, an order run by ghosts. Yes, please. An order to protect the world from malevolent spirits. Spirits, yes. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is why I have to advocate like read any book. I think seriously. There's no age when it comes to books as far as how you can enjoy them because this looks like so much fun and if Riley Sager did it, I'd read it. So it's the right? same thing here. <laughs> there you go. Um, my next one is The Other Side of Night by Adam Hamdy. So this 
um, begins with a man named David Asha writing about his biggest regret, his sudden separation from his son, Elliot. In his grief, David tells a story. Next, we step into the life of Harriet Kilty, a police officer trying to clear her name after a lapse of judgment. She discovers a curious inscription in a secondhand book, a plea. Help me, he's trying to kill me. Who wrote this note? Who is he? This note leads Harriet to David Asha, who was last seen stepping off a cliff. Police suspect he couldn't cope after his wife's sudden death. Still, why would this man jump and leave behind his young son? Quickly, Harriet's attention zeroes in on a person she knows all too well. Ben Elmsley, once the love of her life, a surrogate father to Elliot Asha and trusted friend to the Ashes. Ben may also be a murderer. Yes. The other side of night is a thought-provoking, moving head spinner of a novel with intriguing narratives and plot swerves that will leave you reeling. I'm all about plot swerves. So give me a, give me a, give me a thriller with a plot swerve. Give me a twist. Anytime. Right? Um, so that's the other side of night and it comes out September 27th. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. That sounds great. I think fall is the perfect time for twisty thrillers, which none of my picks are, but that's what y'all are here for. (laughs) My next pick, apparently I just went with sequels back to back is Defend the Dawn by Bridget Kemmer. This is the second book in the Defy the Night series. And so Tessa Cade went from being an outlaw, stealing medicine to give to the poor, to one of the king's most trusted advisors. So things have changed dramatically in a pretty short amount of time. She also has an active role in the negotiations between the royal family and the rebel outlaws who caused some drama in the first book. Trying not to give too much away, but you know. So we return to Kandala. I think that's how you say it, where the sickness is still spreading throughout the kingdom. There's not much information about who it strikes or why it strikes them. And they do know that Moonflower is still the only source of any type of cure or treatment for the illness that seems to be impacting so many people in this kingdom. But Moonflower is controlled by, I don't know what the right word is, a bratty council in the kingdom. And so when A stranger shows up with an intriguing offer for more Moonflower. Tessa and Prince Korik have to figure out what's best for the future of their kingdom. And they go on a sea journey and there may be betrayal at hand. Who knows? Uh, So find out in the sequel. 
Defend the Dawn by Bridget Kemmerer. This book is out September 20th. Sounds juicy. It's really good. So I'm actually, I'm halfway through this book right now. It's so good. Sneaky little early copy. A sneaky early copy. It's so, so good. It's like, it's like Robin Hood elements, you know, like take from the Mm -hmm. rich, give to the poor. There's like the threat of rebellion. There's a hunky sea captain. Isn't there always? There's a prince who you're like, what are your motives? Tessa trying to navigate all of these different things and just like do what she wants to do, which is be an apothecary and get the people the medicine they need. So lots and lots of elements. This is young adult, but there is a nice amount of YA spice. Love it. That sounds like a ton of fun. And I'm sorry, once more, the covers are so pretty. (laughs) They're Emma. so okay. good. Yeah. <laughs> we just, expect it. I do. It draws you in, which is the point, but it's beautiful. It's floral. The font, give me a break. Go put this on hold. Go pre-order it. Do it Get now. Get into this book. Start with the first one. Read on through. Yeah, you'll you'll finish it in you'll finish it in no time. It's so compelling. Well, and there's is- dual dual POV. If you like that, which I do. I do too. Yeah, I'm a fan. As long as it's not a surprise out of the blue, like (laughs) Breaking Dawn. (laughs) No, it's from the the get-go. There's dual POV. It's not out of my system yet. One day. (laughs) day. Never. (laughs) So um, continuing with my spooky picks, I'm going to go with an adult title this time. It is a thriller to get us into, you know, the mood of the season. Coming out September 6th, this is Killers of a Certain Age by Deanna Rayburn. Older women often feel invisible, but sometimes that's their secret weapon. They've spent their lives as the deadliest assassins in a clandestine international organization, but now that they're 60 years old, four women friends can't just retire. It's kill or be killed. Billy, Mary Alice, Helen, and Natalie have worked for the museum, an elite network of assassins, for 40 years. Now their talents are considered old school, and no one appreciates what they have to offer in an age that relies more on technology than people skills. When the foursome is sent on an all-expenses-paid vacation to mark their retirement, they are targeted by one of their own. Only the board, the top-level members of the museum, can order the termination of field agents, and the women realize they've been marked for death. Now to get out alive, they have to turn against their own organization, relying on experience and each other to get the job done, knowing that working together is the secret to their survival. They're about to teach the board what it really means to be a woman and a killer of a certain age. And that is Killers of a Certain Age uh, by Deanna Rayburn. This book sounds so good. Right? I That is amazing. I am already ready for this to be sold. Like this needs to be... A film or a T. This needs to be a film immediately. Yeah, we need options. We need I'm guests. glad. I'm glad you said this book because I heard about this earlier in the month from one of our colleagues, and then promptly forgot. Yep. <laughs> and so, not just because there's so many books to read at any point, this is immediately on the Goodreads TBR. Absolutely. The cover of this one is what caught me because it's that striking, like flat. Um, there, there's, you know, kind of no shading or dimension to it. It is just like three colors to make up the cover. Um, 
but it's also very apparent when you see like a, a dainty hand with a pearl bracelet on it holding a knife. You're immediately like, yeah, yeah, I can get into this. Um, this sounds amazing. And I, I want to read it and then I want to watch it. Uh, and then I want to read it again. <laughs> so yeah, killers of a certain age. That sounds so good. My next one is I'm the girl by my buddy, Courtney Summers. And when I say my buddy, Courtney Summers friends, I'm not making that up either. Okay. So, um, <laughs> no, she's being serious. She has a text messages. Yeah. We've yeah, seen I've, the receipts. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Yeah, we're working on that connection so that yeah. I can also say my buddy Courtney. The email came through. <laughs> yeah, um, slowly but while surely. we were in this. <laughs> um, okay, so all 16-year-old Georgia wants is everything, but the poverty and hardship that defines her life has kept her from the beautiful and special things she knows she deserves. When she stumbles upon the dead body of 13-year-old Ashley James, Georgia teams up with Ashley's older sister Nora to find the killer before he strikes again. And their investigation throws Georgia into a glittering world of unimaginable privilege and wealth and all she's ever dreamed. But behind every dream lurks a nightmare and Georgia must reconcile her heart's desire with what it really takes to survive. As Ashley's killer closes in and their feelings for one another grow, Georgia and Nora will discover when money, power, and beauty rule, it's not always a matter of who is guilty, but who is guiltiest. And the only thing that they, that might save them is each other. Um, Yes, to all of that. We love Courtney Summers. She writes Young Adult, Suspense Rilla. She wrote Sadie. Um, and I'm I'm so excited for this. And if she's listening, she should be prepared for text of messages from me once I start reading the advanced copy, which I have. I can't wait <laughs> for this. I I think I also got the advanced copy and I'm going to try to sneak it in before it comes out. Yeah, it comes out <laughs> September 13th. So you don't have to wait too long, but it looks so Good. Either way, Courtney, she prepared for text messages from me as I'm breeding. <laughs> Which I would like to be you when I grow up. Well, <laughs> with that, my next pick is When in Rome by Sarah Adams. This book comes out September 20th. And this is sort of a modern take on the film Roman Holiday, which I love. So Amelia Rose or Ray Rose to her fans is burnt out. She's been the princess of pop for too long and inspired by Audrey Hepburn in Roman holiday. She literally just leaves town in the middle of the night for a break in Rome, Kentucky, Rome, Kentucky, where her car promptly breaks down in front of local Noah Walker's house. I think you can see where we're going here. So Noah has absolutely zero time to take care of a celebrity's problems. He's running the pie shop that his grandmother left him and dealing with his own life. So he says that Amelia can stay the night until her car can get repaired. And then she's out of there. But during their time together, of course, he sees that Amelia isn't at all like he thought and Noah shows Amelia the small town experiences that she's been missing during her time as like celebrities, big pop princess. And Amelia teaches Noah to open up. We love it. So this is When in Rome by Sarah Adams out September 20th. 
is it bad that when you said based, you all know what this is based off of. I knew it was Roman holiday, but my brain immediately said, Sabrina goes to Rome. (laughs) (laughs) The TV special of Sabrina, the teenage witch. (laughs) I mean, that's a timely (laughs) reference though for our. It's not. For our no, it's not timely, but like oh. I meant like for our our age group. Oh yes, for our age group. It's like, like a specific yeah, something from 20 years ago. I'm I'm right on top of it, Emma. <laughs> yes, it's so relevant and current to today. Thank you. <laughs> Although nostalgia, so. nostalgia's back. Nostalgia is back. I mean, by that I mean like the 2000s the kids are, are back. In. Yeah. Makes the, me feel old. Yeah. You know. Speaking that, of which. That sounds like fun. Gotta love, gotta love like a, we love a small town. We love a small town love story. And I do really love the like celebrity. Yes. Influencer. person. To, yep. Has like a moment to chill out of the spotlight type of story. I mean, I really like all romance, but that is one of my favorite ones. The influencer to normal person pipeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They're just like us. <laughs> Celebrities, they're just like us. Love it. Um, so I'm going to give y'all some spooky YA horror to dig into out September 6th. Here's a little anthology. This is The Gathering Dark, an anthology of folk horror, edited by Tori Bovalino. So this is a whole anthology of short stories. Um, And in a cemetery full of the restless dead, a town so wicked it has already burned twice, with the breath of the third fire looming, a rural, isolated bridge with a terrifying monster waiting for the completion of its summoning ritual, a lake that allows the drowned to return, though they have been changed by the cause of death. These are the shadowed liminal spaces where the curses and monsters lurk, refusing to be forgotten. Hauntings and a variety of horrifying secrets lurk in the best lurk in the places we once called home. (laughs) These are the shadowed liminal spaces where the curses and monsters lurk, refusing to be forgotten. Hauntings and a variety of horrifying secrets lurk in the places we once called home. Uh, So this is written by New York Times bestselling and other critically acclaimed authors, and they shed a harsh light on the scariest tales we grew up with. So it's different. It's different like folk and urban legend stories with a twist by all of these great YA authors. Uh, so that anthology coming out September 6th is The Gathering Dark. Folk horror is my favorite. Yes. I love folk horror. I love a short story. I'm super excited that we've got this like change to anthologies coming out. We're seeing yes. a lot of popular writers contributing in different ways. And that's, I think that's really exciting. Yes. So that's going on my TBR 100%. <laughs> yes. Um, my next one is Bliss Montage by Ling Ma. This is actually a collection of short stories. So again, if you're in like a mood for short stories. Um, in Bliss Montage, Ling Ma brings us eight wildly different tales of people making their way through the madness and reality of our collective delusions. Love and loneliness, connection and possession, friendship, motherhood, the idea of home. A woman lives in a house with all her ex-boyfriends. Oh, it's so good. A toxic friendship grows up around a drug that makes you invisible. An ancient ritual might heal you of anything if you bury yourself alive. These and other scenarios investigate the ways that the outlandish and the ordinary are shockingly, deceptively, heartbreakingly alike. Yes. Uh, um, Also immediately adding that to my TBR. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds so great. And so we're going to get my really wild card pick out of the way. (laughs) 
for the month, but it just sounds so good. So my pick here is American Demon by Danielle Stashauer. This is out September 6th. I saw this come across our space a couple of times. Shout out to Macmillan Audio, who are doing the audiobook for this. This got a starred review in Kirkus and PW. I don't normally read true crime, but I am intrigued by it in other formats, i.e. podcasts and like Netflix specials. But this book sounds so good. I think I'm going to have to pick it up. So trigger warning, it's true crime. So this description is grim. So if you don't want to listen to it, skip ahead like 30 seconds. So on September 5th, 1934, a young beachcomber made a gruesome discovery on the shores of Cleveland's Lake Erie. So shout out as well to Cleveland. It was the lower half of a female torso, neatly severed at the waist. So gross. I'm sorry. Um, but she was dubbed the Lady of the Lake and was the first of a string of murders that happened in the 1930s in Cleveland. Yeah, people were terrified, as you would be uh, if this was happening during the Depression etc. or anytime really. And sort of amongst the uproar of this killer not being found, they appointed Elliot Ness, you may know who he is in history, as the director of public safety. Now I had no idea about any of this. I I should though. I've been in Ohio for long enough. But then again, I don't I don't know how much uh, people are looking at Cleveland's serial killer history. Um, so Ness had come to Cleveland fresh from his headline grabbing exploits in Chicago, where they sort of took down Al Capone's Al, Al Capone, Al Capone's empire. And so he was here to sort of tackle this big case in Cleveland. Um, Stash Hour shines a fresh light on one of the most notorious puzzles in crime and a really gripping story on how Ness did not catch the killer. Um, so this is American Demon. This is out September 6th. This is unsolved. Correct. Yes. So I I just want to say I love that this was your introduction to the Cleveland Torso Killer. Like, right. uh, yeah, literally. Joe not. and I are nodding like, uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm, we're okay. with you. As soon as you said torso, I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I see where we're going. Okay, let's do it. You yeah, said literally. Cleveland and I was like, okay. And then you said torso. And I went, oh, okay. I know. It's like, oh, really? Cleveland. And then you said, yeah, you said torso. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I, I worked at a Cleveland History Museum in college, and uh, their art, their library archives have all of the letters from the, like Elliot Ness and the Torso Murderer. So I was very much aware, and you can still go see those. You can check them out yeah. in the archives. Yeah, I went to a, I saw an art show once that had an art installation about, um, about yeah the the Torso Murderer. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a very interesting part of Cleveland's history. Fascinating. And, I, and just to think that Elliot Ness was here right at, off of, like yep. you said, his time it, nabbing Al Capone. Yep. Yeah. I, I just had no, I had no context for that. And I thought that that was absolutely fascinating. Um, and that it is still unsolved. And then it's still unsolved. And I should have mentioned that they, what did they call Was it the mad butcher of King Kingsbury run? Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I don't know how you come up with these, you know, phrases, but geesh, that seems fitting. The people who name serial killers and the people who name nail polishes need to collab. 
<laughs> it's probably yeah. true. That's Some of true. the most creative names in two spaces. <laughs> uh, yeah. I And I should have said, so the title of this book is American Demon. The subtitle of this is Elliot Ness and the Hunt for America's Jack the Ripper. So, uh, yeah. And there is a gorgeous photo of Cleveland on the cover. Oh, there. Oh, that's a nice, that is a nice cover. That is a, that's With a good cover. Some like gold foiling on the yeah, side. Yeah, it's a very 1930s vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah, now I, I think I might go down the rabbit hole of <laughs> figuring out Cleveland's true crime roots, but this was, this certainly piqued my interest in it. And it's obviously a topic that I don't normally read. Well, what a what a great pick as a, as a true crime yes. enjoyer. I'm excited to see this coming out and that it's in our own backyard. And the author will be doing two events with Cuyahoga County Public Library. So for our local our local folks, that's hmm. exciting. That is exciting. Go if check it out, are... locals. Yeah, go. We love Cuyahoga County Public Library. We love you. Thank you for your events. We love you. You also might see us there <laughs> just to go listen. Yes. So yes. M- my next title is uh, Thriller Horror to kind of round out some of our time together today. This is Ghost Eaters by Clay McLeod Chapman out September 20th. I'll start with the cover right away. Ooky spooky. Just got a spooky Halloween right there on the cover. Very much haunting. So this is about Erin. She hasn't been able to set a single boundary with her charismatic but reckless college ex-boyfriend, Silas. When he asks her to bail him out of rehab, again, she knows she needs to cut him off. But days after he gets out, Silas turns up dead of an overdose in their hometown of Richmond, Virginia, and Erin's world falls apart. Then a friend tells her about Ghost, a new drug that allows users to see the dead. Want to get haunted, he asks. Grieving and desperate for closure with Silas, Aaron agrees to a pill-popping seance. But the drug has unfathomable side effects, and once you take it, you can never go back. That is Ghost Eaters, out September 20th. Dramatic. Very dramatic. <laughs> I Also, I guess, trigger warning, substance abuse, but yeah. Good stuff. Good that, and that cover as well. I know, we... we Yes, but that's so spooky. So spooky. You know what? I'm gonna make an effort, or I'm just gonna talk about the covers, and I'm not gonna apologize for it. It's important. Please, (laughs) we need. It's a marketing tool. So I mean, if nothing else, that is the role of covers. You should you should judge books by their covers, just not people. True. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. Okay, so my next one, also horror, it is Daphne by Josh Mallerman. Of course, he's the author of Bird Box and other spooky horror things. So it's the last summer for Kit Lamb, the last summer before college, the last summer with her high school basketball team and with Dana, her best friend. The last summer before her life begins. But the night before the big game, one of the players tells a ghost story about Daphne, a girl who went to their school many years ago and died under mysterious circumstances. Some say she was murdered, others that she died by her own hand. And some say that Daphne is a murderer herself. They also say that Daphne is still out there, obsessed with revenge, and will appear to kill again anytime someone thinks about her. After Kit hears the story, her teammates vanish one by one, and Kit begins to suspect the stories about Daphne are real and to fear that her own mind is conjuring the killer. 
Now it's a race against time as Kit searches for the truth behind the legend and learns to face her own fears before the summer of her lifetime becomes the last summer of her life. Again, I'm I'm all about horror set in high school. Like that was a horrifying time. So let's just let's just lean into that with horror set in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, this cover is creepy. It's so good. It fits the vibe for sure. It's so good. Uh, yeah, it's a good cover. You sort of see, like, you, there's a figure of presumably Daphne, I'm assuming, and you can't really see the, anything about her face. Like, it's very, very creepy. Um, and it has also, I don't know that, I don't know when this is set but it has like the vibe of like 1980s horror books is what the font is yeah Uh, yeah it's good stuff good stuff so that is Daphne it's out September 20th that looked like a very Josh Mallerman font for some reason oh you know to me yeah Mm -hmm. it just looks like yep Yep. This is what he wrote. Yeah. No, that's that's also true. Yeah. I have one more creepy pick and that is House of Hunger by Alexis Henderson. This is out September 27th. This follows Marion Shaw. She's been raised in the slums where want and deprivation are all that she knows. Despite longing to leave the city and its miseries, she has no real hope to escape until the day she spots a peculiar listing in the newspaper seeking a blood maid. Though she knows little about the far north where wealthy nobles live in luxury and drink the blood of those in their service, Marion applies to the position. In a matter of days, she finds herself the newest blood maid at the notorious House of Hunger. There, Marion is swept into a world of debauchery. At the center of it all is Countess Lisavette. The Countess, who presides over the hedonistic court, is loved and feared in equal measure. She takes a special interest in Marion. Lisavette is magnetic, and Marion is eager to please her new mistress. But when she discovers that the ancient walls of the House of Hunger hide even older secrets, Marion is thrust into a vicious game of cat and mouse. She'll need to learn the rules of her new home and fast, or its halls will soon become her grave. I love that. Ooh, and a good cover. Okay, spooky, kind of Victorian. The Mm -hmm. art, the artist seems to have rendered if you combined uh, Christina Ricci and Alexis Bledel. Yeah, that's what it is. I yeah. have a gift. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. So that was House of Hunger, Alexis Henderson, out September 27th. Creepy, creepy, creepy. And this book has been on my radar for a long time to the point where I actually can't believe that it's coming out in September now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So... It definitely fits the season. Oh, definitely fits the season blood maid hello (laughs) creepy um so my last spooky book also comes out september 27th this is a fantasy thriller and it is titled spells for forgetting by adrian young emory blackwood's life changed forever the night her best friend was found dead and the love of her life august salt was accused of murdering her years later she is doing what her teenage self swore she never would 
living a quiet existence on the misty remote shores of Searsha Island and running the family's business, Blackwood's Tea Shop, Herbal Tonics, and Tea Leaf Readings. But when the island, rooted in folklore and magic, begins to show signs of strange happenings, Emery knows that something is coming. The morning she wakes to find that every single tree on Searsha has turned color in a single night, August returns for the first time in 14 years and unearths the past that the town has tried desperately to forget. August knows he's not welcome on Searsha, not after the night everything changed. As a fire raged on the Salt family orchard, Lily Morgan was found dead in the dark woods, shaking the bedrock of their tight-knit community and branding August a murderer. When he returns to bury his mother's ashes, he must confront the people who turn their backs on him and face the one wound from his past that has never healed, Emery. But the town has more than one reason to want August gone, and the emergence of deep betrayals and hidden promises spanning generations threaten to reveal the truths behind Lily's mysterious death once and for all. That is Spells for Forgetting by Adrian Young, out September 27th. Uh, just really in time to put you in the Halloween vibes. Spooky season is upon us. I like how I was like, I can't believe it's September. Oh my goodness. Not in the mood. And then I have like half my picks are super creepy. So (laughs) you're like, oh, I might as well just dive in anyway. Apparently there's a vibe for the fall and it's creepy. The the increasingly like creepier and more aligned with Halloween they get, the later they're being released. So it's not like we were just like. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, my last one, <laughs> I had to put it on. Okay. It is The Night and Its Moon by Piper CJ. <laughs> so you spend any time on TikTok or are aware of BookTok or anything about this. I cannot even like, I, yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. It is a whole thing. So Farley is just an orphanage. At least that's what the church would have the people believe. But beautiful orphans, Knox and Faye touched Amorous know better. They are commodities for sale, available for purchase by the highest bidder. So when the madam of a notorious brothel in a far-off city offers a king's ransom to purchase Amorous, Knox ends up taking her place, while Amorous is drawn away to the mountains, home of mysterious assassins. Even as they take up new lives and identities, Knox and Amorous never forget one thing. They will stop at nothing to reunite. But the threat of war looms overhead, and the two are inevitably swept into a conflict between human and fey, magic and mundane, with strange new alliances, untested powers, and a bond that neither time nor distance could possibly break. The fate of the realm lies in the hands of two orphans and the love they hold for each other. I, again, I, this just like TikTok viral, I, I can't even... I can't even describe it to you if you are not aware of what I'm talking about. I started following Piper on TikTok, unaware that she was the same Piper because she she has like a master's in folklore, I think. Mm-hmm. And so she will basically, I think it was her TikTok about how to stay safe from vampires is how I came across yes. her or like not to invite, like how not to invite, like accidentally invite a a vampire that whole thing i think it's how i first came across her and i'm like this is a delightful tiktok page and then at some point she talked about her book and it clicked (laughs) that it is the same piper so oh absolutely i did the same (laughs) thing and then when this book showed up at my house i was like wait what yeah yeah so 
That is The Night and Its Moon by Piper CJ. It is out September 20th. First of a series. First yeah. of a series. Yes. There's it's like, already listed. There's the like sun in its shade. Four other books. Ooh. Intrigue. I I was only aware of her in the context of the TikTok Goodreads drama, but I am intrigued to see how um this book shakes out. Yeah. Although it's quite weighty. It is it, it is, is a thick quite, book. It is a thick book. So yeah. I yeah, I have to be I have to be in the right mindset for a th- right. <laughs> for a 500 page book. Interesting. I have one final shout out, honorable mention, because I swear I've talked about this book on the podcast before, but I also could not find mention of it in my previous notes. So I don't know if that was a fever dream or not, but I did want to just give a quick shout out to Foul Lady Fortune that comes out in September by Chloe Gong. That's all. YA fantasy retellings hey we love a shout out like chloe i think she like her kind of books speak for themselves just they've got all the elements that draw you in i'm a sucker for all of her stuff so that's all i also have an honorable mention but since i knew i was picking a lot of uh, spooky titles. I wanted to have something fun and lighthearted at the end uh, because who doesn't flip on an episode of like, I don't know, something mindless after you just watch or read or listen to something scary. So I wanted to shout out a juvenile graphic novel. Um, this is Jesse's Secret Language. It is book 12 of the Babysitter's Club graphic novel series. And I just... <sighs> Babysitter's Club. Like... It's still around and kicking, but not only is it still around and kicking, it's doing it as a graphic novel now. And I think that's just really neat. <laughs> they're they're good too. They are good. Like yeah. I read the sample of it today and the art, the art is beautiful. Like this yeah. just, this is, this is what makes me excited to see as a kid who got into graphic novels at a super young age across all different genres. I love that this is available for everyone earlier and earlier. Um, and this is just about, you know, th- their lives. And it's a little more, it's a little more kid perspective now. She's uh, she's ready to start setting for the BSC. I love it. That yeah. was quite a variety of picks. Yeah. We ran so, the gamut. Something for every reader. Yeah, maybe? I hope so. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today for our September book picks. Hopefully you found something that you can enjoy as we transition into spooky season. Um, Of course, reach out to us. We're on social media. I know I've listed them all already, but we want to hear from you. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at ProBookNerds. And then of course, send us a message. You can email professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Thank you all so much for listening today. Happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen Podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. 
I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts.